say that you have got to be the most insipid, ridiculously idiotic, moronic person I've ever heard on any form of media. Exiled by society, friends, lovers, and terrestrial radio. A guy with literally nothing left to lose. For 15 years, he's been telling it like it is. This is the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. here but i am starting to think that the apocalypse is just over the horizon i'm thinking armageddon is is right around the corner and i don't say this lightly and i'm not talking about the armageddon or the apocalypse that was supposed to happen last month some whack job religious group i'm not talking about the pending financial apocalypse that I have been told by several people and now I've, I've seen it pop up on social media that's supposed to happen either on October 20th or November 4th. No, no, I'm not talking about that bunch of hocus pocus. I'm talking about the fact that the Chicago Cubs are eight wins away from winning the World Series. Because apocalyptic events happen more frequently than the Cubs win world championships. Asteroids striking the Earth. Think about it. Uh, there, have been, <laughs> there have been several small meteorites that have hit the planet since the Cubs have last won the World Series. So, and there have been many financial crises that have come and gone since the Cubs last won in 1908. But they're eight wins away. They just have to win the National League Championship Series against the Mets, and frankly, I, I don't see that being a problem. Then it, again, it is the Cubs. You always just wait for the other shoe to drop with that franchise. You're always expecting the Steve Bartman incident or the next whatever. You're, you're just expecting something crazy to happen with the Chicago Cubs at any moment. So, um, but the fact that they're this close, they haven't even been this close in since 2003. They haven't gone to the World Series since 1945. They haven't won the World Series since 1908. So I, I have to say that there is a, a legitimate possibility um, that they could, in fact, win the World Series. Now, I'm not saying I'm sitting here rooting for it because I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for the apocalypse. I don't know if I'm ready for Armageddon. I'm not ready for things to just go south yet. You know, things are just starting to turn around. Things are just starting to look up in, in my part of the world. So I would, that would make sense though. So maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Plus, there are other signs of the apocalypse that we have to get into on the show. For example, the Westboro Baptist Church actually is sort of, kind of doing something right. Now, we'll talk about that coming up in the show. How is that for a tease? Um, anyway, welcome in. It is the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. On that happy note, uh, it is Friday, October 16th, 2015. 
groffshow at gmail.com. That is our email address. It's groffshow at gmail.com. Michael Groff is the handle on Twitter. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. Also, you know, um, you can donate to this show. I just want to make sure that we get that out there. Groffshow at gmail.com. That is also our PayPal address. So you can donate uh, to this fine program. And, uh, you know, just... It's it's every donation matters, and I'm telling you right now, just uh, gonna get a uh, uh, another new uh, equip piece of equipment in here, another brand new computer. Uh, just um, trying to get that up and going because let me tell you, that will speed up this process infinitesimally. Um, though I will say, maybe I should just do it like the IRS does. <laughs> I, I just saw this. I wasn't even gonna mention this, but now that I, I brought up the computer stuff. Uh, the IRS is upgrading to Windows 7. Not from Windows 7, but to Windows 7 from XP. Uh, they are trying to, uh, they need $140 million to upgrade their computers from Windows XP to Windows uh, 7. Windows XP, which of course came out in what? The year 2000? 2001? So you're going, you're you're upgrading from a platform that's 14, 15 years old to one that's what? Uh, when did Windows Seven come out? Like two thousand nine. They pretty much put out Vista, and they're like, "Oh God, we shouldn't have put out Vista." So then they put out Seven, and then they're like, "Well, the first incarnation of Windows Seven sucked, but we'll just put it out there anyway." Microsoft, great job, guys. And how's that Windows Ten working out, by the way? So anyway, uh, so the uh, IRS is getting uh, up to speed. They're really, uh, really getting up to uh, the current decade. Well, kind of. Their operating system that they're going to run everything on. Your vital tax information, your income information currently is being used on like 15-year-old computers. And uh, 15-year-old uh, operating system technology. So congratulations to the IRS. <laughs> Now, it could be worse. It could be the Illinois State Lottery. You talk about something that's been run terribly. Man, uh, so it's probably a good thing that the Cubs are, are doing as well as they are because otherwise the people of Illinois might actually notice that their lottery is a joke, a sham. This has been going on for a while, but so the lottery, I guess Illinois is having a huge state budget crisis. So it's a it's a big deal. It's been going on for a long time. They they haven't been able to get a good budget. They've been operating in a deficit for God knows how long. But so it affected even things like the state lottery, which had said previously that if you made more than twenty five thousand dollars on any lottery payout, they could only pay you the twenty five grand, and then they'd have to wait till later to give you some kind of a deferment or I don't know something like that. But now they're saying, hey, never mind that 25000 limit. Uh, the Illinois Lottery announced on Wednesday that anyone who wins more than $600 will not be able to get their money until a new state budget is finalized. And this left me really puzzled because I always thought the way it worked was you paid for your lottery ticket, let's say $1, $2, $5, whatever, and that money went into a pool and they set aside the money that they expect to pay out in winnings and then the rest of it they go to whatever state program there is that's how i always thought that the lottery worked is that you know it's great for 
state revenue for generating money for state programs. Um, and they had a certain amount of money that they set aside for paying out winnings over ye- over the years and paying out winnings, um, you know, the small winnings in an immediate fashion, whatever. But anyway, beginning on October 15th, lottery officials said that the check writing account will be exhausted and there is no legal authority to replenish it with funds. Quote, players who win $600 and below can continue to receive uh, their winnings at any of the lottery's 8,000 retail locations statewide. Um, But uh, let's see, in late August, winners first uh, spoke out about not receiving payments from their winnings. And Illinois Lottery spokesperson Stephen Rossi uh, directed the problems at Springfield, saying, quote, all winners will be paid in full as soon as the lottery and the Illinois comptroller have the legislative authority to do so. What a mess. State law mandates that Illinois comptroller office uh, must make payouts larger than $25,000, but they also say their hands are tied. Quote, without a budget, we can't, by law, make any payments on an appropriated fund without a court order or consent or blah, 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 government red tape, just pay me my money. So... I mean, this is the kind of stuff that people, and you wonder why people have an inherent mistrust of the government. You can't even run the lottery properly. The lottery. And my theory on this is, look, um, if you have a lottery program set up and people are buying tickets and then they win and then you don't pay them. I mean, if anybody else did this, if anybody else participated in this kind of thing, like if you bought into, if you went to a casino and you legitimately won on a slot machine or on a craps table or or whatever, and they didn't pay you, that's fraud. Isn't it? Isn't it? Like, if you pay into something and you win, and then they just say, ah, you know, we can't pay you right now. Uh, come back to me next Tuesday. Isn't that fraud? If I, if I buy a service, I mean, that's fraud or theft. If I buy a service, for example, if I get internet service and then... My internet service provider says, uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> so you paid us, but now we're not going to give you your internet service because uh, we will as soon as the whatever happens. No one's going to care. And, or the other way around. If if I say to my internet service provider, yeah, I want to pay you, but yeah, I can't right now. Sorry, man. Maybe next Tuesday. They'll just say, all right, we'll shut off your service. <laughs> it's like stealing. That's what's going on here. Quote, the state is not paying prize money to people who won over $25,000, yet the state is continuing to sell lottery tickets with potential winnings in excess of $25,000. This is according to, this is the opening line to a lawsuit that was filed last month by two lottery winners. Uh, It's all part of a class action deal that's against the Illinois lottery for failing to pay prize money. Well, good for them. Unfortunately, uh, suing uh, the lottery program that's that's only going to defer payments to other winners even longer. Then they'll just say, you know, we, we'd like to pay out, uh, but unfortunately now we have to pay a, a lawsuit. As soon as we get a new budget and we pay off the class action lawsuit, then we'll be able to start paying out lottery winners again. It is kind of weird that they continue to sell lottery tickets despite the fact that the program is, uh, well, they say, I don't know, bankrupt or the comptroller doesn't have the authority or there's not 
budgetary authority or legislative authority to do it. Oh my God, what a what a mess. And then there's talk that this could eventually happen in some other states. I, I don't know how you botch running the lottery. There's Illinois politics at its finest. Good luck. Speaking of politics at its finest, it's time for another round of guess what stupid thing an Arizona political figure said. Yes, uh, this is something that here in Arizona we have come to pretty much expect on a daily basis. Uh, Some political figure will say something stupid. It has happened ever since I was a kid and we had Governor Evan Meekham uh, all the way up until today. And uh, this time, here we go. It's uh, (laughs) So there was the big DNC debate the other night. Okay, and everybody across the country, political figures, average Joes and everyone in between was live tweeting the event. Included in that was former chairman of the Arizona Republican Party, Randy Pullen. The issue of Black Lives Matter came up. Now, of course, we all know that that's just a pandering question. It was obviously a a pandering issue and the Democrat candidates eat that up and. It's great. But the overarching issue was the issue of crime and race and how you would deal with the matter in the black community. Well, Randy Pullen came up with a very interesting suggestion uh, when he said that um, we should basically take guns away from black people because they are the main killers. Uh, Let me see. He says... Yes, Black Lives Matter. The best way to end the slaughter of young black men is to take guns away from blacks as they are the main killers. Congratulations, Randy Pullen. That was a tweet that he put <laughs> that he put out on Tuesday night during the debate. Of course, he had other things to say, but that was the most controversial. That was the thing that got picked up very quickly. And then if you go to Randy Pullen's Twitter, at rpullen, Uh, You'll find that, uh, well, the tweet is still there, at least at the time of this show. It is still there. But, boy, not a lot of positive comments for the former Republican chairman. Uh, He is, he's getting slammed on Twitter by a lot of people. Now, here's the interesting part about what he said. What he actually said, if you look at the substance of what Randy Pullen said, and if you you try to get away from the fact that maybe he's racist and maybe he's not, let's not even go down that road, okay? Let's Because that's just an ad hominem sort of attack. It's uh, one of those things that we could address later, okay? I mean, there's pretty good evidence that Randy Pullen is probably racist. But was the tweet that he sent out in and of itself racist? Well, there's actually truth to what he said, that... Young black men are the main killers of other young black men. The FBI says, yes, in fact, that the victims of crime, the black victims of crime, are more often than not killed by other young black men. So that's actually a true statement, at least according to the FBI and the crime statistics. So then why are people getting all bent out of shape? Is it because, oh, it just is bringing, it's a white guy talking about black crime? No, it's because Randy Pullen is suggesting that we take guns away from young black men to stop the slaughter of other young black men. But he's not, the the part that he's leaving out is that according to those same crime statistics, 
white people, young white people, predominantly are killed by other young white people. So why not take guns away then from white people because there's so much white-on-white crime? Or Hispanic people because, once again, the crime statistics bear out that Hispanic people are more inclined to kill other Hispanic people. What do you know? It's as if people of of ra- uh, the same racial groups hang around each other, and therefore there's going to be more disputes and more crime in and among groups of people that click together. So, uh, so yeah, that's imagine that, <laughs> Randy Bull. So he, but he only wants to at least in this tweet. I haven't seen any follow up tweets where maybe he just says, "Hey, let's take guns away from." young white people too but at least according to this he just wants to take guns away from young black men because they kill other black men so there you go so the thought itself the statement he makes is true the conclusion um is pretty uh well it it does seem kind of racist doesn't it what an embarrassment for this state man it seems like we need one of those signs when you come into the state of Arizona at all points of entry, we need one of those signs just like uh, that says something like days since a politician has said something stupid. And then there's a counter. Well, I guess we'll have to reset that counter to zero. The cool thing about that is, is you'd never need to spend money on an extra column for like double digit days because, well, because we never go more than 10 days. Uh, without a politician in this state saying something incredibly stupid. Yeah, sometimes it's a liberal politician, but most of this state is comprised of really whack-job conservative politicians. That's what this state is. Other states definitely have stupid politicians, stupid political figures, and out-of-touch political figures, but this state seems to attract it. It's like a magnet. It's like, hey, you're a (laughs) whack-job political figure, I have an idea. Go to Arizona and further your political career. You could easily become the governor of this state. Look at the people that we've had uh, over the last 20, 20, 25, 30 years. Uh, Ev Meekham, a racist, a guy that never said the right thing, who always put his foot in his mouth, got impeached. Uh, then there was Rose Mofford, who was actually not a bad person, but she, had, she did not want to be governor at all. She just wanted to be secretary of state. She became governor because, well, that's part of the office. I mean, if you're secretary of state and the governor is impeached or leaves or whatever, you become the governor. But she didn't want to be there. Uh, She was a nice lady, actually. I don't have anything bad to say about her. Although she did have the wacky Marge Simpson beehive hairdo. Uh, Then, um, and I think she's still alive, too, old old Rose Mofford. I think she's like 90 now, so good for her. Uh, So she's all right. Then there was Fife Symington, who was a good governor, but he was corrupt as hell. Um, I've told the story on air of my personal interaction with Five Symington, um, who also got impeached, uh, but then he was pardoned by President Clinton. Then there was uh, Jane Hull, who had an, uh, a fiasco uh, featuring the uh, alternative fuels deal uh, back in the late 90s and early 2000s, which cost this state hundreds of millions of dollars. It took forever for us to recover from that nightmare. Then we had, of course, Janet Napolitano, and she became Secretary of Homeland Security, and, well, we all know how that worked out. Then we had um, Jan Brewer, who was a very controversial governor in her own right. 
Uh, and now we have Doug Ducey, who is the former um, or one of the former owners of Cold Stone, I think, right? And uh, so he is uh, the current governor, and he said some pretty outrageous things. So <clears throat> this is a, a state where even the governor, it doesn't matter, though. It's not just the governor. The governor is probably the, the least wacky person we've had in this state. We have many representatives in our state uh, Congress uh, that are, um, are outrageous, uh, that are crazy, that are hypocrites, um, that we had one guy who was a, a Republican that... Um, spoke out against gay people. He was against gay marriage and gay rights. And then it turns out he was gay. <laughs> what? Like, I don't even understand. That was uh, that was pretty crazy. We've had a lot of other people uh, in state politics that are the same. So it's, um, this state is really just a nightmare for it. I know, I, believe me, I've been to Florida. I know people are going to say, what about Florida, Mike? They're insane. Yeah, they have some pretty crazy politics, but nobody, there is not a state, I will challenge you on this, not a state wackier than Arizona when it comes to local politics. Uh, we are somewhere, I think we have the kind of political stuff that happens in um, maybe North Korea is a little bit crazier than we are. That's about it. All right, on that note, <laughs> groffshow at gmail.com, the email address, Michael Groff on Twitter, michaelgroff.com for everything else, Michael Groff related. We'll take a break and we will have more coming up. And now, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. Exploiting other people's mistakes to cover our own f***-ups. It's the Michael Groff Show. Show Friday, October 16th, 2015. Groff Show at gmail.com. Email and PayPal address for your donations. Michael Groff on Twitter, michaelgroff.com for everything else related. Um, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what to make of this story. I don't. It's kind of gross. It's kind of weird. I uh, I have to tell you, I generally don't watch a lot of daytime TV. And when I do, inevitably, you're going to run into the landmine that is, well, a couple of things. You're going to run into prescription medication commercials, pharmaceutical ads for various things, usually dick pills, erectile dysfunction stuff. And you're going to run into ads for feminine hygiene products. That's that's daytime TV. Uh, and it's always like these weird commercials where it's a woman going down a water slide. I couldn't have done this without my new pad. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, why? 
Why? No, I don't want to hear about it. Don't want to see it. Just keep it off my TV. Thanks. Uh, anyway, that's the kind of stuff that's out there. Uh, apparently, though, in Sweden, uh, having typical feminine hygiene commercials isn't nearly enough. Uh, here's one that's uh, sure to be a real catchy one. And maybe, uh, you know, you never know. Maybe it'll get translated over to the United States. Yeah, obviously it's in Swedish. Basically, it's a guy playing a guitar. Then there's like these dancing tampons. Basically, here's the translation. It's done, this commercial is done by uh, Alex Hermanson, a 23-year-old who hosts, uh, who's a host on the Swedish television channel, Birken Allen. And yeah, he's strumming a guitar. He's maneuvering these four dancing tampons dressed as kings and pirates. He sings that periods are something that happened to girls sometimes and advises that oh this is an exciting part he advises that others should be a little extra kind to those who are menstruating the I I really love the the hook in this commercial drippity drop drippity drop here comes my period Hooray for periods is the uh, <laughs> That's the uh, the hook, the catch to this. Periods, periods, hip hip hooray for periods. I don't think anyone, I don't think any girl, anyone anywhere has ever said hooray for periods. Uh Hermanson is then seen rapping that when girls menstruate, it is healthy, but they might need Films, warmth, and a lot of chocolate. Okay. Uh, The video is featured as part of a full program on menstruation. It's to be broadcast by Swedish Public Television uh, SVT on Friday. When contacted on Tuesday, Hermanson said, quote, I just think it's just fun and cool to talk about periods. The only thing that was a little awkward was to sing in public just because I am really not an experienced singer. He added that, quote, the more knowledge and transparency there is, is less. there's less of a stigma for many uh, girls to carry. So there you go. Um, hooray for periods. I don't know, man. This guy thinks it's fun and cool to talk about periods. Uh, no, it isn't. It is not fun, nor hip, nor cool, nor exciting to talk about periods. The last thing anybody wants to do is discuss someone's menstrual cycle. Uh, I see it way too often on shows, especially these chick shows. There's always too many ways to work in discussions about periods. I I don't know. No, save it for Lifetime. Maybe this commercial will be appearing on uh, Lifetime or on, uh, I don't know, one of these other. I have the O Network, one of those. Uh, no thanks, man. The only time I want to talk about it 
or even have it mentioned is just so I know, you know, maybe it's probably not a good idea to have sex right now because, you know, you're on you're on the red tide or uh, maybe to avoid a contact at a certain time because, you know, or so I know to duck so that maybe a frying pan doesn't hit me in the head or, or something like that. Otherwise, yeah, not something I really want to talk about, but uh, look for that to be a commercial coming to a channel near you. Uh, maybe a, a fun American translation of that, an English translation. Uh, that's <laughs> a great commercial. <laughs> Drippity drop, drippity drop. Here comes my period. That's uh, that's great. All right. Keeping with the medical theme, but a lot less frivolous. Uh, a pharmaceutical company getting a lot of negative pub. What do you know? Because they raised the price of a drug by more than 5,000%. Touring Pharmaceuticals. It's a drug company that jacked up the price of a drug used by AIDS and cancer patients by more than 5,000%. You wonder why pharmaceutical companies get the reputation that they do. They're facing an antitrust probe by the state of New York led by uh, Attorney General Eric Schweiderman because here's what they did. They took Daraprim, which is a 62-year-old drug no longer under patent protection. The drug used to cost 13 bucks 50 cents. Now it costs $750 a tablet. Yeah, uh, antitrust lawsuit settled right there. There you go. I mean, what else is there? So a five more than a 5,000% increase. The drug's main use is to treat life-threatening parasitic infections, but it also is needed by some uh, patients, uh, especially infants, who have AIDS. The price hike sparked howls of protest, and the company promised to lower the price, but has yet to do so. The reason they're doing this is because, since the patent protection is running out, they're afraid that someone is going to get a hold of the drug so they want to charge as much as possible to make it less easily accessible by people who want to get it, try to reverse engineer it, and put out a generic version of the drug. The investigation, which was confirmed by Schneiderman's office, is looking at whether Turing is restricting the distribution of Daraprim to thwart generic competition and prevent it from uh, getting into, the, uh, you know, into a, a price war. And um, so that's what they're doing there. Let's see. Schneiderman's office sent a letter to touring CEO Martin Shkreli, who has been dubbed the most hated man in America due to the price hike. The letter tells him to comply with the attorney general's office and send all the information that's requesting, fill out the necessary forms, blah, blah, blah. Um... He needs to fill out all documents, send them back in a timely fashion, and comply with the probe. Uh, of course, this guy is, uh, well, they show a picture of him here. He's, he looks like he's chilling out, having a great time, sitting there, uh, thumbs up. Good job, man. Hiking up the price of a drug for AIDS and cancer patients uh, by more than 5,000%. $750 a tablet. Good job, man. No, we're going to lower the price, though. We promise. Okay. And this is exactly why 
so many people want a little bit more regulation in the pharmaceutical industry because of crap like this. Now, I get it. I am fully okay with the idea of a company being able to make a profit on medicine. Of course, you spend all the time researching it. You spend all the time in development. You spend all the time trying uh, various uh, ways to get something to work. It's It literally takes sometimes decades to get a medication out on the market. And if you're a guy that comes up with it, if you're just a, a lone researcher, a scientist, or maybe you're a group of people, you deserve to be compensated. You deserve to reap the fruits of your labor. I totally get it. And I am fine with free enterprise and free market, even in the medical industry. Fine. But there comes a point where you're just obviously gouging people. There's obviously antitrust. There's laws in place already. Uh, but this is why you need these kind of laws. This is why you can't just have people have complete autonomy in the medical field and not have any sort of consequences whatsoever because stuff like this happens. Now, competition is healthy. Competition and free enterprise helps the free market economy. There is, um, There are many great examples of how um, the government staying largely out of it has helped lower the prices in certain areas. For example, LASIK eye treatment used to cost ten or twelve thousand bucks an eye, and now you can do it for a few hundred bucks per eye. Um, obviously, competition has really helped there. Breast enhancement surgery or breast reduction surgery, um, certain uh, other cosmetic surgeries, the prices have been lowered substantially because. Largely, um, insurance companies are not necessarily involved in those things, and uh, these are these are situations where competition has come in. Friendly competition has helped to lower the price because more doctors are getting involved in that. That's great, but when it comes to medications essential for people to survive, okay, this is not something where you can just always let the free market work itself out because sometimes it can't. That's why you need antitrust legislation. Now, we already have laws like this on the books. I'm not saying we need more laws. I'm saying we need to enforce the laws that we have now, and it shouldn't take years to get on this sort of thing. And I'm glad that uh, Eric Schneiderman and the New York Attorney General's office is looking into this. So I think that's great. Um, you know, uh, while I've always described myself over the years as something of a libertarian, uh, I am not the kind of person that advocates for absolutely no regulation and absolutely no government and just free range, everybody to do what they want, anarchy in the medical business. You just can't have that. You're talking life and death here, people. This isn't breast augmentation surgery. This isn't cosmetic surgery. This isn't aesthetic stuff. This isn't um, supplements. This isn't something that people, yeah, you know, maybe you could live without it, whatever. I can understand. Look, you want to gouge people on, on those kinds of surgeries? Fine, whatever. Who cares? You want to do it on life and death kind of stuff or people, the stuff that people need for to maintain health? No, uh, that's just unacceptable. So, And that's why the pharmaceutical companies get the rap that they do. And that's why so many people are advocating for further regulation. And I don't think we need further regulation. I think we just need to enforce laws that we have now. So there's that. All right, keeping with the medical discussion, 
so we've talked about supplements on the show before. And years ago, John McCain, among others, took a lot of crap because he wanted to go after, as he sort of jokingly, half-jokingly said, he wanted to go after big supplements. Now, the supplement business is a lot different from the pharmaceutical industry because supplements don't necessarily have to have these strict regulations over what's in them. Um, all John McCain really wanted was to have the ingredients and the proportion of ingredients listed on containers of supplements that are sold. Because sometimes you get these supplements in these various health, uh, health centers and health stores, whatever, high health and all that, and you don't really know exactly what's in them all the time. I mean, sometimes it's very obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes they're very clearly labeled. And quite frankly, sometimes they're not. And there are supplements that make claims that they do stuff that they may not actually do or only in a best case scenario would they possibly even have a chance of doing so. That's why they wanted to have some regulation in on that. Well, keeping in that mindset, a study by the New England Journal of Medicine took a look at decades worth of hospital admission data and found that over 23,000 visits a year are actually due to substances people are taking that theoretically are there to improve their health, vitamins and herbal supplements being the key here. So why are people headed to the ER? Well, the study took a look at all these different admissions and it excluded accidental vitamin overdoses by kids, which by the way, you can overdose on vitamins. Uh, a lot of them taste, you know, to, to kids like candy. So people take a whole kids like they'll take a whole bottle of vitamin c um but herbal supplements were a big part of this problem herbal su supplements especially those designed to bulk up or slim down one's weight uh those promising to give you the benefits of a good night's rest without actually going to sleep uh those kind of supplements are a large part of the problem here they made up about one-third of all the hospitalizations with most of the people in their 20s or 30s using them, uh, overusing them, and complaining of symptoms such as heart troubles, heart irregularities, those kinds of things. Study uh, is also a good, took a good standalone look at hospitalizations, but it also highlighted a strange loophole in how we regulate supplements. Supplements fall into an old gray area in the FDA where while they technically can yank a product off the shelf, let's say if there's a large-scale health concern surrounding it, they don't ever actually have to approve a supplement before it goes on store shelves. Unlike drugs, pharmaceuticals, which have to go through a, a whole process, supplements, since they're food, do not. Um, they are... They're just put out there, uh, just like anything else. They have to meet some minimal safety standards, like any food that you would put out there. But other than that, uh, they can be anything. They can have any concentration, any dosage, and they can make a lot of crazy claims about what they do and not necessarily have to substantiate those. Now, of course, you can sue a supplement manufacturer civilly if you feel that they're making a claim uh, and then not uh, not following through on it like you know you take this fish oil and it cures your cancer 
And then a cancer patient goes in and says, well, I took this fish oil and it didn't cure my cancer. And you can sue them in a civil court, but not necessarily criminally. Um, you can try, and I know that certain companies have been taken to court before and even state attorney general's offices have, have certainly tried to do that as well, claiming fraud against certain supplement manufacturers. But it's a really hard thing to do. So, But uh, this study basically just says, hey, about 23,000 people a year go to hospitals because of supplements. And about a third of them are going there because they take these... Uh, you know, these weight loss or bulking up uh, type of supplements. And yeah, they're having some health problems as a result of them. Because, you know, and, and that's, this is not to attack supplements because I think a lot of them are, are healthy. They're okay. They're, they're reasonable to take. But I think people put way too much credo, way too much credibility into um, supplements and their ability to, to help you. You know, people, you have to understand they are supplements to food. They are not something that you should take in place of food. They are not something uh, that you should take as a panacea. They are supplements. They they might help a little bit. Certainly, uh, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a I'm not an expert on on vitamins and supplements. But I I can certainly see a lot of health benefits to them. But yeah, they're not panaceas. They're not cure alls. So keep that in mind when you run to the store to buy your next batch of supplements. I know someone that would buy 60, 75 bucks worth of supplements like every week, vitamins and supplements and all that. It's just a crazy amount. And they don't last very long either. It's weird. It's a, it's a lot of supplements, man. People, this country is like crazy about them too. Oh, well. Uh, what a weird segment. <laughs> weird bunch of medical news right there. Man, drippity drop, drippity drop. Here comes my period. I, I'm just trying to see if I could... I'm going to try and uh, market that. I'm going to try and put that ad campaign together. And um, who knows? Maybe I'll be the next big uh, advertising executive. The next guy that uh, comes up with a, a great... Remember like the Budweiser frogs or these Geico commercials or the Jack in the Box uh, ads the last 20 years? Yeah, I'm gonna borrow this guy, uh, Alex Hermanson, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead with the drip, drippity drop ad. Oh my God! All right. Um, on that note, drippity drop, drippity drop. Here comes the Michael Grove show. <laughs> Why not? Here comes a break. Actually, uh, we'll be back. Michael Grove show. It's the zip code famous Michael Grove show. MichaelGrove.com. Zip code famous Michael Grob Show. Grob Show at gmail.com. The email address it is Grob Show at gmail.com. Too quiet, done your rage. 
That's also our PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this fine program. Grofshow at gmail.com. Donate, send money. Thank you. Uh, also, Michael Groff on Twitter and michaelgroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. That's really annoying. Thank you. Who's here, everybody? It's Johnny. Hi, everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I'm here. I haven't been here in years. It's Was been it? a while. Two years? Three Three years? It, it has been a while. It's been so long, I can't remember how long. I know. That's... Uh, I'm plus, also old. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, plus, we're, we're starting to get old, and we're getting to the point where, you know, you never know how long it's been. I mean, I, I don't even know when the last time I, I took a dump was, so... You know, it's one of I those wish things. I don't remember the last time that was. <laughs> I think a lot of people at the Denny's probably don't want to remember it either. Um, so here we are. Denny's is poison. You know, it really is. I um, I mean, I, at, at the risk of getting sued or something. I mean, <laughs> I, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Like, uh, I I don't know if I would even give that to prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. I mean, I. I had to go and get like you know my my arse checked, right? For you know because I'm getting older, and Wait, the doctor you, told me to. You, you went you went for like one of those you, you had yeah, a yeah uh, I had to you had a colonoscopy had, yeah I had prostate yeah. exam uh, no just a colonoscopy so it's like they just wanted to take a look and make sure things were working correctly. Did, did you have the did you have the 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 scope put up there and everything too? Oh yeah, I had oh, the the pipe. You took a pipe? I guess. I mean, I was asleep, so I don't remember any of it. And when oh, I woke man. up, I didn't feel any weird or different or, like, vandalized. So it's all good. <laughs> Nobody, like, spray-painted across my butt. <laughs> Not a virgin anymore, mister. <laughs> and nothing like that. Yeah. But uh, like, when I talked to the guy and they told me, hey, you know, you got you to gotta drink, like, 50,000 gallons of water with this powder in it. And you're going to poop everything you've ever, ever eaten since you were six years old. Oh, and I man. just said, why don't I just go to Denny's? <laughs> Yes, and yeah. You can either take this medication or you can just go have a Grand Slam. I'm telling you, man, you cannot go anywhere after you eat at Denny's. No. Well, you shouldn't. No, you have to be You have to be near a facility. Yeah. Near a toilet or near a Michael Moore documentary because yeah, it's pretty awful. So so that's what's been going on with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, lots of, and lots of stuff's been going on with me. Colonoscopies. Anything else exciting? I got married, got divorced. Let's see. Yeah. Got two little kids. Yep. Yep. Didn't have any of that before. Yeah. I actually like I like the two little kids a lot. Everything else can go screw itself, but yeah. um, the kids that was that was worth it. Yeah, that part's good. Yeah, yeah, that part's more than good. That's that's great. The ex-wife part, not so much. Yeah, you know, I gotta gotta take the good with the bad, Mike. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's worked out pretty well, though, I think, for you. Sure, I'm actually pretty good. Yeah. Here I am. Moving up. To the east side. So, uh, other than that, Johnny, I don't know if you've uh, been following what's been going on. With, uh, well, first of all, you know who the Westboro Baptist Church is, right? Yes, I know who they are. So th- those are the God Hates Fags people. Y- yes. Yeah. I know who they are. So, they. Uh, this is one of those... This is a really weird story. I, I think this falls kind of under the, the aphorism, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, or even a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Did one of them win the lottery or something? No. Oh, okay. This is one of those weird things. So the I actually find myself kind of, sort of, 
in agreement with the Westboro Baptist? Well, here, what? Well, here's let me explain the story. So, um, Kim Davis, who is the the Rowan County clerk in Kentucky that wouldn't sign the marriage licenses for gay people. You know the whole controversy uh, with yes, that. Yes, I remember. Then, she looks kind of like a frog. Yeah, that lady? Yeah, yeah okay. a frog. Yeah, she looks kind of like the love child of Rosie O'Donnell and Louie Anderson. So <laughs> she's, she, you know, that, that whole controversy took place over the summer. And then, of all people, Mike Huckabee came to defend her. And then eventually, you know, she was told by the, by the state, uh, hey, you are in violation of federal law. You've got to sign these. So finally she did. Well, anyway, and then, of course, we found out that, you know, she's talking about the sanctity of marriage, but she's been married and divorced like three times. And then she's back with one of the husbands and she committed adultery and all this other kind of stuff. So her her morals are very much in question. All of that yeah. we know. Now, how does the Westboro Baptist Church fit in? Well, they want to go and protest Protest what? Exactly? They're protesting her. They're going to show up at her job and protest outside of the county court office. You're too crazy even for us. Yeah, they actually, they pretty much, <laughs> even the Westboro Baptist Church thinks she's a piece of crap. And as an added bonus, they actually think she should sign the marriage licenses for gay people. <laughs> I, what? Yeah. Uh, I wish people could fit. Do they just spin a wheel on a board or something and pick what they're going to believe in that it, day? It is weird. They this is from their website. First of all, they're organizing a protest. They're going to go out there. Here's one of the th here's part of what they write. They said, uh, "Quote: As it happened, the Supreme Court of the United States, fulfilling their destiny, made same-sex marriage the law of the land. The duty of all mankind is to obey the laws of God and the laws of man." Enter Kim Davis, Rowan County, Kentucky clerk, with high dollar salary and digs she acquired only after she took uh, an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution and the laws. Kim claims she has lived in proud sin for many years, divorcing and remarrying, not one or two times. In fact, you need a scorecard to keep track. This is all from their website. Her lawyers being smooth-talking fellows saying that all of that was before her call to salvation two years ago when her current mother-in-law died. Nice, tidy, clever, but no cigar, they go on to say. They continue, that man that Kim Davis is living with and calling her husband is not her husband. Uh, he is Dwayne Wallace who she married when she was 18 years old. It does not matter how many years you pile on. It was adultery at the beginning, and it was adultery in the middle, and it is indeed adultery today, they say. So they're pretty much slamming her as a, as a sinner, as a terrible person, and they're implying that the, the Supreme Court said that the law of the land is that gay marriage is legal, so take that. They're actually kind of... Right? Why are why are they going back on everything they've been doing this I whole time? Well, this now of course. Let's keep in mind, okay, that first of all, it gets even more bizarre, though. I smell shenanigans. Well, okay, before you get ready to send the Westboro folks a, a donation and think, well, maybe they've seen the light of their own religion. Understand that they they still manage in the next part of this to get a dig in at homosexuals and um, 
And they have a very convoluted series of logic or sense of logic as to why they think Kim Davis needs to uphold the law, sign the marriage licenses and all this. So here's what, here's what they also say. Quote, if Kim Davis received mercy from God and grace as she claims, she, she would, with all due haste, put her sin away. She would mourn for her sins. In a show of great mercy, she would be busy apologizing uh, to the fags for enabling them. And she would, with all diligence, uh, give those perverts a marriage license. So she's, yeah, the Supreme Court in the providence of God and for the punishment of this nation has declared that same sex marriage is the law of doomed USA. So, so do it. They say you asked for it. You begged for it by your disobedience and refusal to receive correction or instruction. So take it and like it. So what they're saying is, hey, you're a sinner. You enabled people. Now you have to reap what you sow. You have to marry, uh, as they say, these fags, these perverts. And uh, so they're basically saying, hey, since you're, uh, since you're a sinner anyway, you might as well go full tilt. You might as well sin and you're disobedient to God anyway. And since this nation is doomed, you might as well just go ahead with it. I see where they're coming from. See, they're the kind of guys that think that if you're not going to do something right, you shouldn't do it at all. And then just note, Kim, they continued with their weird logic here. Just note, Kim Davis, God will never have same-sex marriage, but he does not require you to disobey to deal with his with this nation. What? Yeah. So, and then they go on to talk about how this nation faces doom and peril and blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're saying, at the end here, they say, so Kim Davis needs to hush and obey the law that she helped bring about. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I have to admit, in all of this, I, I, as I sit here and I look at this, I don't know whether or not to think that they're on the right track. I don't know whether to thank them for their candor. I don't know whether or not to to still think that they're pieces of crap. Um, I think you should go with the latter. But, I mean, is this one of those weird things where, in a very odd way, two wrongs kind of make a right? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, when you first of all, when you say convoluted logic, if something is convoluted, it's probably not logic. So well, I'm not sure what the hell they're doing, but well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. They, I mean, they're tr- well, first of all, it's religion, so you can never really have clear logic whenever you're talking about religion. Yes, right. you can only have a set of rules, and that's about it. Yeah. And then not follow them. Oh, right. Who, who said that? Yeah. Well, I, I, so I don't get it. I probably never will get it. But the Westboro Baptist Church, this is, it's like opposite day, man. It's pretty weird, dude. Yeah, they, I don't know what to do. Like, Kim Davis, sign those marriage licenses. You're a sinner. They, call, they also call her a fake Christian. What do they know about it? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> the, very, the church that says God hates fags and... You know, the the whole part about loving thy neighbor and love the sinner but hate the sin, I think they just, they believe that that's somewhere toward the back of the Bible, so they don't really need to pay attention to that part. Brother, you know, one town, one town filled with people who are 
uh, of the persuasion of homosexuality gets ruined in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. And everybody thinks it was an act of God. And it was probably just a volcano or an alligator right. farted somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Something dumb happened. A bunch of people died. And they all. It's, like, it's the reason why um, certain religions don't eat pork. Somebody carved into a pork, uh, a, a pig, pork, what the hell? Somebody carved into a pig, ate it, got sick because of science, croaked, yeah. and then they wrote it into their book saying, hey, if we eat this stuff, it's not God's food, it's going to kill us. Same thing with shrimp and some other stuff that's really tasty. Right. More yeah. for me. If I understood it, if I ever got the whole thing, if I was ever able to understand any of this stuff, then, well, maybe I would be religious. I, I'm one of those people. I'm just, I'm waiting I'm the I'm the perpetual agnostic. I'm just waiting for something to come along and say, "Hey, this makes sense." But uh, I don't think it's the Westboro Baptist Church people that are ever going to convince me. No. Yeah. And you know, then, I actually believe something exists just because I can trace the universe back far enough to where, you know, we can explain everything up to the Big Bang, but we can't explain where that came from. So then you can uh, science will always leave a, leave room for a, a being that created something, and that's fine with me, you know. But See, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, no I honestly idea. don't know either, but, I mean, it works for me. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah. I mean, let's not go nuts, everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I hate it when I absolutely despise it. I won a million dollars. Thank you, God. Oh, my daughter died because she had pneumonia. That must have been the devil. Look, yeah. idiots. Seriously, it's the same thing over and over again. I mean, let's. people need to start looking at God as a neutral being. I'm pretty sure God is super neutral. He yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. I, Maybe Jesus cares if you believe in Jesus, but God himself, I don't think he cares. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, you see people win the Super Bowl. They say, thank you, Jesus. What about the losing team? Like, uh, Do they say, thank you, Jesus? Uh, hey, God, um, just want to say, uh, where were you today, bud? Um, I was, it was fourth and long. <laughs> This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's fourth art. and long. I said my prayer. I, I, uh, I, you know, we were we were behind by a touchdown, and I, I went for it in the end zone. I prayed on it, and yeah, you, you, you caused an interception there, bud. Yeah, Just, I don't uh, understand. You know, I mean, I mean, I have a brain. Right. And God put that there, and I question. I, I so I use it to question things, and unfortunately, sometimes I question. Religion. In fact, I question religion every day, and I want to know why the good stuff's always his fault and the bad stuff never is. Yeah. When he's in charge of everything. Yeah. If you believe in God and if you believe that God, this the domain of God is everything, the uh, the universe, all dimensions, all all everything that's ever been and ever will be, then I guess you would also have to believe that the good things and the bad things and everything in between are all his doing. But now if they they some. No, that's the devil. Like when something bad happens. No, it's just the devil. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and I don't want to... I don't... Don't give me that. It's a test, John. It's a, it's a test. It's Here, a look, test. Look, look. Well, okay, so, so, so I'm walking down the street with my two-year-old, and my two-year-old gets hit by a stray bullet and dies. That's a test? Well, um, yeah, it's a test. That's and it. So you had to kill some little kid who didn't even get a chance to be a person? So I could be tested? Sorry, dude. That's not. That's that doesn't sound like a very good god to me. Well, I mean, if depending on how you respond, that will determine whether or not you passed. See, that's <laughs> there. Yes, that's I don't. The, I think I think watching. we're. I think there is a god, and I think we're all wrong. <laughs> I I wish I I I wish I understood any of it. I don't get the religious thing at all either. It's like uh, I don't know how Adolf Hitler 
existed and you know mother Teresa existed and you know like I don't understand how one was so good and one was so bad and you know apparently don't tell artists they suck yeah you don't tell artists they suck that's what you don't do you don't want to piss somebody that's going through art school just tell them that their drawings are great or their paintings are great (laughs) guess so look I, I was going to the Steinberg art school in Berlin and uh, it, you know, I, I, what do you think of this, Mr. Steinberg? Oh, I think it's terrible. Oh, <laughs> I will get you for that. Great. He did go to an art. It was was his art school run by uh, by people of the Jewish faith. I have no idea. Oh, I was going to say that would that would make more sense. Probably not though. He probably just picked a group of people who needed to be scapegoated for something and went with it. You know. <laughs> What was what better way to unify a country than to, than to throw a minority under the bus so the majority will be band will band together? Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? I love humanity. Boy, it's just a never-ending cycle of re- repetition in our our culture, isn't it? Yeah, I mean sometimes, I mean uh, a while ago it was it was white dudes doing it to people. Now on Facebook, I can't go anywhere without hearing a hearing a bag load of feminists yelling about white, white, uh, the white male supremacist or whatever it is. The white, oh, I'm sorry, white American male privilege. Yeah, let's be honest. We were talking about this at Chelsea's Kitchen today um, over some drinks. Let's, let's face it. Um, it's now cool. It's now the popular thing to do. It's like number one on the, on the hate chart to hate on white male like young to middle-aged white males. That's like a, a, a favored target of everybody. And as a white male, you pretty much can't respond or else you're called a racist or a bigot or otherwise or whatever. Both. Yeah, even if, even if you didn't really do anything wrong and even if you feel that this kind of hate directed at you is the same kind of hate that you're accusing other people of engaging in, no, you can't speak up about it because that's that's just the way everybody is now. Everybody wants to feel like they're a victim and everybody wants to feel like uh, someone else is out to get them. And so they find a culture and we all go down the totem pole. So, you know, uh, everyone blames someone else that's a little bit lower or different on the totem pole than them. Or easier to blame. Or easier to blame because they can't fire back. And at the bottom of it is the white... The middle-aged white guy. That's that's the person that has apparently gonna... caused all the problems in this country. And you know, sure, yeah. And I'm <laughs> not some problems. Uh, yeah, and I'm not going to say that uh, I, that the middle-aged white person is completely innocent. It's just can't we just stop blaming everybody else, each other, and whatnot for? I don't know. What I'm going to say is we're not we're not the only ones to blame. Is what we should be saying. Well, that's true too. Like there, everybody has their share of responsibility for things that go wrong. So, but you know, you can't do that. Now we, it's like we we always preach about unity and harmony, but then the very next thing we say is, hey, at the Democratic debate, for example, do Black Lives Matter? Of course they do. That's a very stupid question. No, the que- actually, the question, John, at the DNC debate was, do black lives matter or do all lives matter? Is there air in here, Mike? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's just, it's one of those things, it's so, 
inherently silly and it's it's inherently divisive to ask such a question. It, it's it's set up to deliberately. If you say, well, I think all lives matter equally, then you're like, well, so you're saying black lives don't matter. No, I'm saying all lives matter equally. Yeah, but what about the black lives? Well, but <laughs> I, but I, I'm just trying to say that everybody's important. No, everybody's not important. Black people are more important. Oh, okay. Well, okay, okay. Shh, okay, okay. Shh, shh, shh. Black lives matter. That's better. The empty can rattles the most, everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That saying, <laughs> that really applies there. So I was just so angry at that question uh, on Tuesday and that whole Black Lives Matter movement. Listen, I understand the the, the root of it is uh, that, you know, there's a lot of violence in the black community. And, uh, it's and shameful, really. And there's a lot of violence toward black people. Which is also shameful. And that's terrible and... And I think that's that is an issue that needs to be brought about, but doing it in a way that is inherently and intrinsically racist and excludes every other race, Hispanic and Native American and white and Asian and all of this. Whatever. Yeah, it it just makes it seem like now you swing the pendulum too far the other way. Oh, well... When you ask the question like that, you make it sound like black lives are the only lives that matter. No, all life, every life, every single being matters. So, I, I don't know. Good luck convincing the world of that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, except for maybe Paris Hilton. I, I would say that's <laughs> maybe a life that probably doesn't matter that much. But basically every life She matters, matters to somebody. Well. Not to me, but to I somebody. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else is happening here, John. So uh, I don't know if you are aware of this. Do you have Netflix at all? You know, I used to have Netflix when I was uh, when I was enslaved, but now that I'm free, I don't have Netflix anymore. <laughs> well, what what? <laughs> well, anyway, the uh, popular the popular streaming site Netflix announced last week. Uh, that it was raising the price once again of its standard subscription fee, which allows streaming on two devices at the same time by $1 from $8.99 to $9.99. That's not a big deal. Why is that even a thing? Well, the reason is because, first of all, I think when I signed up for it, it was like $6.99. I mean, they've been raising the price slowly over time. Yeah, you know how it is, dude. It's going to yeah. keep on going. Goldman Sachs analyst uh, Heath Terry uh, wrote in a... Uh, the let's see he wrote to investors last week that quote we believe a targeted price change like this is designed to reduce excessive password sharing by uh by incentivizing users to switch to the one screen plan which costs only 7.99 a month oh, that's however both netflix chief executive reed hastings and hbo chief uh executive richard uh pipe Pipler, uh, have repeatedly said that they don't consider password sharing to be the issue. So what do they think the issue is? Uh, they don't really say, but well, obvious, of course not. <laughs> obviously that's what they think the problem is because a lot of these sites uh, think that password sharing and people, you know, giving out their login info, all that is, uh, is the problem. And, you know, it's making stuff, um, they're saying they're losing a lot of money to this sort of thing. My theory on this is, look, 
well, how much money are they making? I mean, By they rate. had to have noticed this. They had to have thought about this ahead of time, right? Um, they had to have thought about, gee, you know, they're probably going to share their passwords with people if we make it easy enough to do so. Because they're people. No? Let's see. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. Quote, it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. This is according to Glenn Hauer, a research uh, analyst at Parks. Um, he says, quote, it's not quite as big a deal as it could be, but there's the, the thing about this is, is that raising the price, they're saying it incentivizes people to not share their passwords and to go back maybe to the one screen plan. But the thing is, if I'm paying even more, I might be more inclined to share my password. I might be like, that's what I was thinking. You assholes want to stick it to me? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put my, my login info up on Facebook. I'm just going to let everybody have it. Was it Peter Quistgard or whatever? It is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be the new Peter Quistgard? I'll be the new Peter Quistgard. Exactly. Now there's that is about as inside a reference as nah, you're ever going to get. I'm sorry. Then that's no, not going to help fine. anything. Uh, for those of you that wonder, Peter Quistgard, um, for years and years ago in the radio business um, and in the audio editing and recording business, um, so there's there was a program called Adobe Audition. And Adobe Audition, I still use uh, Adobe Audition to record this show. Uh, Adobe Audition was this program. It used to be called Cool Edit Pro. And to get a uh, the premium version of it, you had to obviously buy a copy of it. And you entered in you know, a name and a, and a serial key. Well, of course, there was a very popular pirated version of it that went around with the, with the name that you entered in. There was a key you entered in, and then the username that you entered in was Peter Quistgard, and uh, so that so literally there were tens and tens of thousands of copies of Cool Edit Pro and, and Adobe Audition with the Peter Quistgard name. I went to a, I'm absolutely absolutely true story. I went to a local station here in Phoenix that had <laughs> a copy of that was running all of their uh, Adobe auditions were Peter Quistgard copy. Oh man! And it was it was a clear channel station or now iHeart wow. radio station here in Phoenix, and you know had it's a little I, illegal, isn't it? Well, it no, it's completely illegal. And had I, I didn't get the job at that place, and had I really had my wits about me, or had I really been the the vindictive type, I would have turned them over. To, well, what's ironic is they ran ads for the Business Software Alliance, which is the Business Software Alliance is a group of people that you turn in. Uh, people that you know are pirating software to the Business Software Alliance, and this <laughs> this same station that was running this, these copies <laughs> of Adobe Audition ran commercials for the Business Software Alliance. So, <laughs> I just always found that to be completely ironic. So, let's see. Uh, the company doesn't keep track of revenue lost to password sharing. A Netflix spokesperson said in an email to MarketWatch, however, the company warns against the practice stating that uh, its terms and conditions that, quote, the account owner's control is uh, exercised through use of the account owner's password and therefore to maintain exclusive control, the account owner should not reveal the password to anyone. Well, of course they say that. The Cybersecurity Risks Association uh, with password sharing are minimal, but blah, 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 blah. So that's something they, uh, they're they very much against over there at Netflix. So 
I would encourage you, since they're raising the price a dollar anyway, go ahead and share all you want. I don't know. Is that what they're trying to say? No, I'm saying that. I'm oh, saying okay. go ahead and share as much as you want because they're raising the price a dollar. Yeah. I'm saying it incentivizes me to uh, to want to go out there and, you know. You know, Mike, I was just, I'm sitting here and I was thinking about how how white you are and how privileged you are. That <laughs> oh, God. You have to use the software we literally got 13 years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that still works. And we have to, like, uh, solder things together here to make some stuff work. I some know, Some of these right? things are barely working. Uh, that's been, true. Some of the stuff is... Is really old. That's true. No, you're right. Well, you know, I mean, uh, we are bathing in, in the light of luxury. I, I got to tell you, right now, I am wearing, I'm wearing a battle gown, fully <laughs> sequenced in gold, because after this, I'm going to go to Valhalla and fight my enemies for glory, have some food, and then wake up and do it all over again. So I'm going to do. It. That's that's incredible. And me, I'm sitting here wearing a 24 karat gold diamond ring. I uh, I have a crown of jewels uh, literally in the center is the Klotman diamond <laughs> uh, so as you know I'm very privileged as well um, it's true you, that's a ring wow I I, I, uh, I thought that was a plate <laughs> yeah yeah I also eat off of this ring I uh, only of caviar of course only that's all I do because <laughs> gross. <laughs> why, why is that crap associated with like? You know, why do rich people eat disgusting stuff? I, I don't understand. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Uh, gmail.com It's the email address. Uh, gmail.com That's also the PayPal address for this program. So you can uh, make your most generous contributions to us complain about some stuff. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, Michael Groff on Twitter and michaelgroff.com for everything that ever has been, is, and forever will be Michael Groff related. John, anything you want to plug? Anything um, you want to mention? Any? You know, right now, no. Uh, you know, uh, you know, just be good to your neighbors, everybody, because we kind of need that a little bit more than we, we've been having. Be good to your neighbors. Thank you, Mr. Neighbors. Rogers. Hey, dude. What can I say? Having kids changes a person. I suppose so. Having an ex-wife probably changes a person, too. Having an ex-wife makes you smile a little bit more. <laughs> what? Well, there's there's that. I'm telling you, man, I'm a lot happier than I used to be. I just no kidding. I don't have I don't I don't have uh, you don't the, have the, to you don't have to get a permission slip to go out. You can no. actually be on the show. I don't have my I don't have uh, 50-50 custody of my kids right now because when we got divorced I didn't have a really good job, so that was that's I'm working on that. But other than that, everything's quite a bit better. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Nobody, All right. Nobody's griping at me to stop playing video games, even though everybody's asleep and she's just watching TV anyway. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you got to have control, I guess. I don't know. Well, I'm not an adult, see. <laughs> I'm not You're an not. adult. No, I, I'm but not wait, an adult. But wait, didn't you have like a job for years doing manual labor? Weren't you like working for the gas company, installing, first of all, me, reading meters and then 
as a service technician for the gas company. Like, isn't that pretty adult to have a job? Yeah, like basically that? what Making I did was thirty something dollars an hour. Thirty three, forty five. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, so what I did was, is I, I drove around town. Someone would call us and say, "Hey, uh, we think we're gonna die," and who gets called to go there? Yep, this guy. This guy gets to go and not die. Go to go there, figure out what's going on, hmm. fix it. Um, go home, you know, paid for everything myself. Meanwhile, my wife's basically used her family's money to buy everything, <laughs> but I'm not an adult. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I. Uh I, I don't get it. I, I do have to question, like, uh, when you're given everything, everything's on a silver spoon, you're given properties to manage, and you get a publicist to run everything. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Whatever, dude. It's over, you know? She's not a, she's, I mean, she's not a bad person, and she's a really good mom, but <laughs> holy crap, did we not mix well. At the end there, it was getting bad, so we decided just to let it die in ice. She's not a bad person. She just decided that I'm not a grown-up. I'm not an adult. And, and it doesn't make her a bad person. She just has a crappy opinion of me. <laughs> See, I think that makes someone a bad person. If they have a crappy opinion of you, that's not based in reality. Eh, what can I say, man? You know, I'm, <laughs> she's the mother of my children. She's going to be in my life for the rest, for, for a very long time. And let I'm not going to sit here and uh, grow some cancer about it. Let, the, let, this be, let this be a lesson, though. In all seriousness to everybody, before you get married, be very, very careful. This is one of those things where... Remember, I knew her for 18 years. Yeah, it's one of those things where um, you just, you never know. This is why there is a divorce statistic. This is why there's 50% divorce rate. I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter how long you know somebody, people change, and if you don't change with them, it's over. Yeah. Well, there's that. Anyway, so. I'm out of here. I got to go to All a right, birthday yeah, party. I, I blew through the, the closed music anyway. So Sorry, whatever. everybody. No, it's fine. Uh, we'll <laughs> see you uh, next time. Thank you, and uh, thank you, Johnny, for coming yeah. by. Hey, man, let me know. I'll be by since I have a lot more free time. Excellent. Wee. Yay. Yay for And this is fun. Life. I like this kind of stuff. Yeah. So. All right. We'll uh we'll see you next time. Good night everybody. Bye.